Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Essay Voices from the Field. Each week we aim to bring you the true stories of student affairs. Over the course of this podcast, we hope to bring you both voices that feel like they are telling your own story and those that bring you stories you've never heard before. The podcast with expert guests and practical advice. Get ready to learn and become the best higher ed professional you can be. Welcome to Student Affairs Voices from the Field. I'm your host, Dr. Corliss Bennett, and I'm happy to have you here. This podcast is sponsored by NASPA. Today, I'm really excited to have the co-chairs of our new professional and graduate students knowledge community. Today, we have Yvette Allen and Antonio Duran. Good day, you guys. Hello. How are you? Thank you for having me. Great. Yes, excited to be here. Yes, and I'm excited to have you. So let's just dive right in. Uh, why don't each of you give your introductory information, name, institution, position, and if you're missing something, I'll chime in and say, oh, don't forget this, that, or other, but you know, just give us a little bit about yourself in the sense of the position that you are to different institutions and information about the institution size, location, type of institution, and so forth. So Yvette Allen, I currently serve as the Director of Multicultural Affairs at Arkansas State University. We are located in Jonesboro, Arkansas. So that is, uh, we're an area, we're a predominantly white institution, and recently, we're recently just reclassified to the Carnegie classification. So now we're classified as um, a doctoral university for research institutions via the Carnegie classification system. So we are excited about that. We're probably at about 14,000 students. Between, I know it's predominantly undergrad, but I'm, I'm not sure of the exact breakdown of that. Okay. Two major airports <laughs> that are close to it. Memphis is probably about 90 miles from where we're at, Memphis, Tennessee. And then there's the capital of Arkansas, which is Little Rock, Arkansas, which is probably about 120 miles. So those are probably the two major cities that people might identify. Okay. And then tell us a little bit about what you do at Arkansas State. As a director, um, I kind of provide like the strategic overall vision for the department. A lot of people mainly know us for the programs that we do. So we do different programs for cultural celebrations. As we think about Native American Heritage Awareness, Black History Awareness, Women's History Month, our LGBT plus awareness. We do a lot of programming around that. We also do a number of different trainings and workshops for individuals. We also work with departments to kind of help them um, think about how to implement diversity, inclusion, social justice within their areas. We work with different student groups and student leaders. We advise a lot of multicultural student organizations to help them develop their leadership skills in a number of different ways. And then, of course, other things as they may come up, helping students navigate the institution, of course, assisting with various diversity initiatives on campus. Great. Okay. Now, it sounds like you're very busy. I know that line of work as a, as a cultural center director overseeing four cultural centers at my institution. So I, I definitely know about all those programming. Now we have Antonio. Okay, perfect. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Antonio Duran. My pronouns are he and his. And I get the great fortune of uh, serving as a co-chair alongside Yvette Allen for the New Professionals and Graduate Students uh, Knowledge Community. In my official capacity, I am uh, currently a doctoral candidate at The Ohio State University. Uh, one of the first times I've actually included the V, but I know a lot of people do have a strong affiliation for it. And for those of you who might be familiar with OSU, we're located in Columbus, Ohio, which is actually the 14th biggest city in the United States. So we're pretty proud of that. The Columbus campus of OSU has about 60,000 students enrolled, I believe, with about 
I want to say 66% or 70% of those representing undergraduate students. We are a large public research institution, predominantly white. We have 21% racial minorities at the institution. And what I do is, in addition to finishing up this uh, PhD this semester, I also get the wonderful opportunity to work with our higher education and student affairs leadership courses. That's my official graduate assistantship in which I help train instructors, teach some of the undergraduate courses myself, as well as uh, updating our curriculum across these different classes. So a lot of things that I love doing. I'm also a Greek house director on campus. So I live with about 48 fraternity men. And that is always a, a fun time. And that's a little bit about what I do in my role, in addition to the work that I do with the new professionals and graduate students and knowledge community. Wow. 60,000 students. I think, is that considered the largest university in the United States as far as population? Definitely one of them. It's huge. Oh my God. That's a lot of folks. Oh yeah. Well, let's dive right into the topic of today, which is discussing your knowledge community, which is the new professionals and grad students. I'm very familiar with our knowledge community system. I'm the former chair of the African-American knowledge community, which I served seven years straight. Excited to have you here. Tell us a little bit about the new professional and grad students knowledge community. Like when did it begin and, and some background info? Yeah, of course. So the New Professors and Graduate Student Knowledge Community really emerged out of a desire and need that was seen within NASPA, especially as more and more new professionals and graduate students were joining the professional association and trying to figure out where they fit within it, especially as we think about the volunteer roles within NASPA. A lot of people at that time saw them predominantly occupied by senior level administrators. And so the new professors and graduate student knowledge community really grew out of that desire to have a group specifically designated for people at this professional level to have leadership positions in and of themselves, in addition to also discussing the topics and issues that oftentimes are faced when you are a new professional graduate student. So because of that, we've seen this demographic continue to grow and our knowledge community also has grown because of that. So we're excited to continue seeing the work that we're doing within the knowledge community and specifically targeting those with with one to five years of professional experience, master students, and more recently, we've also taken a lens to doctoral students within NASPA because that's oftentimes a demographic that is rendered invisible within the professional association. The thing I would add is definitely the need for a space for new professionals and graduate students. And so for those who, you know, may be listening, NASPA has been in the process of sending out um, a call to um, feedback from those who are interested in giving their feedback about the direction of, for the next couple of years, for the new professionals and graduate students, Casey. And so for those who may be listening, that will be a good opportunity for them to, if they do want to offer feedback on that, that will be a great time to jump in as we are in the middle of that process. Great. And you're right. Um, NASPA, I mean, I've been a member since 2000 and it definitely has grown with with TPE, especially uh, the the placement exchange, I believe it's called. And because there's a lot of grad students about to graduate in May, June, and they have really flooded the TPE experience. What I like what NASPA did was for those who want to just come and be a part of TPE can, and if they want to stay 
for conference and they're able to pay for that. At first, they used to make them pay for the whole conference and some of them would only be there a couple of days. So I'm glad that NASPA put those distinctions out there for students who just wanted to do the TPE. But I've definitely noticed over the years the increase with graduate students and, of course, those graduate students staying within NASPA then becoming new professionals. So your KC is very important. What would you say your enrollment, how many members currently are in your KC? So I believe we just got a report, um, but I do know we're one of, I want to say we used to be, when I was looking at those numbers, one of the top three largest. And I think that's to the nature of when you think about new professionals and graduate students, because we're not specifically one demographic, right? So there may be people across other cases who also fit into the category of new professional or graduate student. And so we are definitely one of the largest knowledge communities that NASPA has. We are very unique, as Yvette is talking about, unique knowledge community, because you typically have your functional area-specific knowledge communities or your more interest or identity-based knowledge communities. Uh, So we are uh, almost a, a, a knowledge community class in and of itself because we are more directed at a professional level as opposed to a social identity, functional area slash interest. And so that's kind of the fun, unique things that makes a new professional and graduate student knowledge community what it is. Okay. For example, when you have your general meetings at the national conventions, I can only imagine just the energy in there. So what would you say the top three things are always discussed at your general meetings? I think thing that that is oftentimes talked about is we've seen a, a bigger need to target this transition from being a graduate student to a new professional, and then ultimately what it means to transition out of this new professional role into more of a mid-level positional level. So it is these transitions that is oftentimes an issue that people are talking about, about what does it really look like to move beyond a graduate student capacity to then a new professional role, and then ultimately to move out of this category of new professional, and what does professional development look like then, slash what does it mean to navigate the field as someone exiting uh, this role. So that's those transitions, I, I believe, what I would characterize as one of the main issues. I know that recently we've had the conversations, I know Antonio and I had had these conversations with the, the outgoing co-chairs when we were coming in, and it was the doctoral student piece. So I think for a, a while there, a lot of individuals who were associated with new professionals and graduate students, KC, it was a lot of new professionals and master's students. And so I know for a while there was the conversation about how to really include doctoral students. And so that's one of the the newer positions for this term. Um, we have some specific doctoral student activity coordinators, and they um, have been great at really thinking about what that looks like and how do we really include doctoral students, right? Students who are working on their doctoral degrees, they're still graduate students, um, but it may look a little different um, at their level and how do we incorporate them and that conversation. So I know that was one of the conversations for a while. And again, they have been doing a great job with that. The last issue that we're often discussing in our KC and in our general body meetings is looking at the intersections of professional level and social identities. So a lot of our work during our term, uh, Yvette and I I have increasingly thought about uh, what does it mean to be a graduate student or a new professional who is also a member of the LGBTQ community or who identifies as a part of the APEDA community. And so we've been very much so grateful for the collaborations that we've had with other knowledge communities, specifically those that are social identity based, to really interrogate the within group differences that exist within the new professional and graduate student role. And so those intersections are another conversation 
conversation that we have been having during our time with the knowledge community and that we only imagine will continue to happen as we're thinking about navigating the field as a new professional and graduate student, because knowing that there's our differential power dynamics associated with that, in addition to thinking about the the power dynamics that exist with being part of a marginalized group. So these are the kinds of questions and conversations that we're oftentimes having in the knowledge community, which is exciting to continue to think about how do we create spaces for those who hold these multiple identities and roles. I know when I joined in 2000, I know the knowledge communities weren't available. I think they all started, the bulk of them started in, I want to say 2003, but I know this would have been helpful for me transitioning at that time from a master's student to well, I never stopped working. So <laughs> so I was in student affairs and um, in enrollment management during my master's program. And then, of course, I was already full time when I worked working for my doctorate. But I know that that would have been really important. Luckily, I had mentors that kind of do what you guys are now doing with the knowledge communities, but I'm always encouraging students who, especially my undergrads who are thinking about student affairs work to not only join NASPA, but but to definitely check the box for your knowledge community, because I know that it's very important for them to feel like they're accepted and that they're around others that that are very similar starting off the profession and or are in school and thinking about moving towards a student affairs position. So I'm assuming you also talk about the jobs that are out there. I mean, do you have kind of a forum where people or do you have others that may, some of your members that may be looking for jobs? I mean, do you do kind of job announcement type things at your meetings? Not formally. We get a lot of different information out which is through a monthly newsletter. And so, again, it's not a formal piece, but if there's a position through NASPA or something like that, that's more formal. But if it's just announcements that people have to, we send out a call for newsletter items, and they're definitely welcome to add anything to the newsletter that goes out monthly if they need to, um, and it's pertaining to new professionals or graduate students. And we see a lot of this work happening at our regional level. So a shout out to all of our region reps within the NPGS KC. But what we saw in our initial uh, strategic planning data gathering process is uh, new professionals and graduate students are oftentimes seeking connections on a regional level, in addition to, of course, those who are looking at more on a national scale. But we're seeing that a lot of those conversations about what jobs are out there or connections and networking are more on a regional level. So we're see- so things like job postings, we'll definitely see more on our region-specific uh, social media sites or engagement opportunities. So we do see them not formal, but informally, definitely both on our national scale, but also on a more regional level as well. Well, that makes sense. Uh, And again, of, of course, the members are mostly going to be new professionals and graduate students. And I know, like, for example, at the AAKC, African American Knowledge Community, we do allow folks to go around as they introduce themselves and say, oh, and by the way, we have a, you know, residence director position coming up. Or yes, we have a dean of students coming up. Talk to me after the meeting if you're interested. So do you guys also allow other KCs to come in and if they wanted to, to especially when they're looking for graduate level student positions, would you be open to having other KC reps come in at your general meeting to at least let the, you know, put that information out? Absolutely. Yeah. And we've had a couple different chairs or co-chairs from other KCs who will reach out to us for different initiatives. Because again, with being new professionals and graduate students, we um, can cover a lot of different <laughs> uh, demographics or identities. And so we do um, 
end up getting tapped for a lot of that. So yes, we are definitely open to that. And especially, you know, anything that will help new professionals or graduate students in their professional journey, we are all for it. I'm just glad that this KC is available because that does give those participants a home in the sense of knowing that they're around like-minded people who are trying to finish their master's or doctoral programs, as well as new professionals who are, you know, getting in the field and trying to find their way and especially to navigate it at a NASPA national convention, which, you know, could have close to 8,000 to 10,000. I'm not sure how many are now registered for Los Angeles, but I know you in those colder, because I'm from California, you in those colder weather places would love to just get out of there and uh, have a week in the sunny California (laughs) for for the next uh, convention. Do you guys also do any pre-conference presentations? Yeah, so we uh, we are very intentional about trying to create resources for uh, our new professionals and graduate students before and after the conference. Um, so, for example, our wonderful conference coordinators, in addition to uh, other people on our leadership team, were able to create some tips on how to submit a proposal for the annual conference, right? Something that uh, people who are more seasoned in the field might that might come a little bit more naturally for those who might be submitting a proposal for the first time might need a little bit more assistance. And so that was one thing uh, and one initiative that we really appreciated and we think that our members appreciated it as well. Uh, and we actually just had our, one of our leadership team meetings yesterday and our professional development and advancement coordinators are also speaking about creating some kind of a program or initiative to help new professionals and graduate students figure out how they're going to take the knowledge that they've gained at the annual conference uh, and apply that to their own campuses. Uh, As they kind of mentioned, uh, people may attend the conference, get all this wonderful information, and then go back to campus and uh, not not know how to apply that. And so we're also trying to create those bridges before the conference, but also after the conference, really trying to serve our members who are engaging in sense-making around those uh, questions. So I know that the KCs have an opportunity to select three program sessions at each national uh, conference. Would you mind sharing what upcoming sessions that you guys are sponsoring? For those, because we're such a, a, we cover a number of different levels within our knowledge community, we make it an intentional effort to try to sponsor programs that gets at the, the varieties that exist within our uh, NPGS KC. Uh, so oftentimes we try to select programs that may apply more towards our master students, then those that might apply more for our doctoral students, and then those that might be targeted a little bit more on professionals. And so that is why the three sponsored programs works out really well, because it correlates with the three groups that are within our knowledge community. And so can you give us a peek at what those might be for the next convention? So we have one session that we're excited about that looks at drawing connections between professional competencies and the doctoral journey. So once again, that's the one that is targeted a little bit more towards our doctoral students. Then we have another session that is specifically examining the transition from graduate students to new professionals. Um, So that one being a little bit more marketed towards our master's students. And then the last one is looking at how to intentionally develop uh, professional development during the first five years of one's career. Um, So that last one 
being more for our new professionals. And so we're extremely excited about these three sessions and how they can serve our demographics at the annual conference. Um, so we'll definitely be advertising these sessions for those who want to attend them. And we're looking forward to the knowledge that uh, our the presenters will be sharing with us at the annual conference. Well, those are some great topics. All of them are important, but I definitely hone in on that professional development towards your career because everyone is just, you get nervous when you're getting ready to go into a new position and you want to make sure that you find the mentors on campus and you involve yourself with different groups on campus that, you know, would apply to you per se. And then the transition from grad to professional, that is so important. We have students that the, luck of, the good thing about the master's students is most of them have an internship in something, so they're already getting a piece of that, but then being able to then transition from being a, an intern to a professional is definitely something that's, that's needed. And then, of course, the whole thing about the doctoral students and their competencies, I mean, that's, I mean, all of that is, sounds great, and you guys, it sounds like you guys are doing great work to make sure that our new professionals and our grad students feel comfortable at NASPA. That I, I keep saying that, but I remember how it felt to be there and just like all these people. And it's like, okay, what do I do? And I thank God I have a, a BFF, best friend, that really just, I just shadowed her. My first conference, I believe it was in Indiana. That was in 2000, in Indianapolis, Indiana in 2000. I just shadowed her to every meeting that, you know, she was going to and all the different receptions. And that's how I just really became involved because I had that personal tour guide of NASPA. But I am so proud to know that this particular KC is doing that type of things. So that's great. And I'm glad I continue to tell students about your KC and I continue to tell students, graduate students about NASPA. And just knowing that you guys are nurturing their professional development in this way is very, very important. So I thank you for what you do. I, I think we would be remiss not to mention our platform that really guides a lot of the work that we do in the new professionals and graduate students. And that is the idea that new professionals and graduate students can make their mark. And we oftentimes uh, couch this idea of hashtag make your mark uh, in four different arenas. The first is making their mark on the field. And so helping graduate students and new professionals figure out their way in the field and how, what does it mean to professionally develop and engage in these opportunities. The second is make your mark on professional associations. And that's getting a lot of what you're speaking about right now is how are you navigating NASPA? Are you engaging in leadership roles or volunteer roles? And what does that all look like? Because I agree, my first professional conference uh, was NASPA back in Orlando. And I remember being very overwhelmed and not knowing what it meant uh, to be there and to be involved. The third is make your mark on a diversity and social justice initiatives. So really thinking intentionally about how this demographic can get involved with this topics and subject matters. And the last is make your mark on scholarship and research, because um, we're really hoping that our new professionals and graduate students embrace this ident identity of being lifelong learners and knowing that they can contribute to the field through scholarship and research. And so what you're getting at is our hope that we're connecting our this demographic in a variety of different ways, including NASPA's professional association. I did want to ask, Antonio, what is your dissertation topic? Yeah, that's a great question. So my dissertation is all about using intersectionality to understand how 
queer students of color at historically white institutions explore and make meaning of their identities. And so it is couched within a student development world, but specifically looking at how do we use power-based and structural analyses to understand this construct of identity exploration. So really honoring intersectionality's tradition and looking at power and not just at intersecting identities. And so really relying at the intersection between student development theory, socially just perspectives on identity. So we'll be defending in March. So uh, send me all of the positive vibes, hopefully. This KC is right up your alley with what you're doing. So this is great. I mean, you're right in tune with what you're doing with the KC. So that's perfect. So it's really interesting when you talk about intersectionality because our society tends to talk about our differences so much, but we're so much the same when folks would just take the time to, to talk to one another and hear geographically, socially, ethnic differences and intersectionalities. And like you said, sexual orientation, all of that. And that's going to be powerful. And I hope that you do some kind of articles and or maybe next year present on your findings at a future NASPA convention or regional conference. Of course, I couldn't imagine a world without presenting at NASPA and hopefully engaging in what is always a rich conversation about these topics with um, some really engaged professionals and scholars. So I'm looking forward to hopefully the opportunity to do so next year. This is very exciting. So any last remarks that you want to say about the knowledge community itself? Yeah, we probably just say, you know, if you are looking to get involved, just make sure it's NASA makes it really easy. Just kind of go to the engagement, your engagement portal on the NASA website. Once you sign in, you will indicate just as you check the boxes for what knowledge communities you want to be a part of, make sure you check it. You'll receive our monthly newsletter. You'll see everything that's going on in the KC, opportunities to get involved. Or if for some reason you can't figure that out, always feel free to email myself or, or Antonio. My email is evallenasate.edu. And I know, Antonio, you can give your email. My email is Duran. Uh, like the band, dot six four at osu.edu. Yes, we always welcome emails and are always super excited to hear when people want to get involved. Well, great. I appreciate you guys taking the time to discuss the new professionals and graduate students, KC, um, as a part of NASPA. I'm very proud of the work that you are doing, and I'm very proud that NASPA is allowing you to do this type of work because we are growing in numbers with grad students and new professionals each year, and, and the numbers at our national conventions are growing. It's just crazy. I mean, I know when I was, when we were in San Antonio, I thought, oh my God, and the way they had the hotels all over the place, it was just like, a mil- it felt like a million people were there. I and mean, I'm sure at, in Los Angeles, at our upcoming national convention, I'm sure that it will be quite a few folks there as well. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and I appreciate the great work that you're doing. This is your host, Dr. Corliss Bennett, signing off. Thank you so much for your time and your commitment to NASPA. Thanks for listening to Student Affairs Voices from the Field. If you enjoyed your time with us, tell a friend. If there's a topic you want us to discuss, let us know. If you want to be a guest, tell us your story. Email us at essayvoices at naspa.org. You can find all our info at naspa.org slash essayvoices. See you next time.